This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you're a guest, we're honored to have you. If you're a regular, I'm glad you're here too. If you're watching by live stream, glad you're here. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. We want to get the Word of God in your hand. We like the Bible. The Bible is our, our direction. It tells us everything, the blueprint of life. So get in the Word and God will get into you. And once you get a Bible, go with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah 29, as you're turning there, we highlight, uh, we are on our series, The Call. We're getting close to being done. So what begins to happen with every one of us that we have a call we, we have talents, we have abilities that aren't earned, that God graces us with those. The very talents that you have, God graced you with those. But what begins to happen if I'm not careful that my callings and my talents can be my downfall? And a great example of that is an angel in the Bible named Lucifer, who is the devil. And so what happened is God created him incredibly. But we know before long, because of a thing called pride, he got the boot. And so the same with me and you. I I can't allow my gifts and my callings and my talents to replace my relationship with God. I've got to continue make God the center of of my joy. I can't ever forget that, that he is my significance. You know, I believe it's very important for us to ever understand our identities in Christ Jesus. I don't don't care who you are, my my identity is in Christ. The Lord said in the scriptures in, in Acts 17, 28, he said, in him I live and move and have my being. And so everything I do is in, in Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. So I'm giving you a little bit of an example of where we're headed today. Start with me in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. And it says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Now, just, just briefly here, I want you to think of what he just said. I, I know the thoughts I have toward you, says the Lord. Toward so he's telling me and you. And it's very important that we get this right now. And he says that that my thoughts toward you are that of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. If you read into that right there, God's not against you. God's for you. God's design is it's not a God of evil for you, but of that and good. And God wants to give you a future. So he tells us his heart in the matter, but look what he says that we're supposed to do. Verse 12, then you will call upon me and you will pray to me and I will listen to you. So that verse right there is conditional. For God to listen to me, I got to call upon him. I got to pray to him. And let me highlight this. Don't just pray to God when you're about a half a nostril out of drowning. And pray to God day and night. Pray to God in good times, bad times, sad times, mad times. Just make it a habit to pray. And then he says in verse 13, And you will seek me, and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. 
Now, it's conditional again. You want to find God? You want to know God? Because he tells us how to do this. He said, seek and assert. So literally right there, there's this quest for God. And I believe when you read this, this borderlines desperation, and it implies a diligence to search for God. And if you notice, he said, with all your heart. Not a little bit of your heart. And so when you read with all of your heart, our God is a 24-7, seven-day-a-week, 365-day-a-year God, that God's desire is for every one of us to seek him. Now, let me ask you something right now. How, you, how well are you doing with that? Do you seek God? Is there any desperation to, to seek God? So off of this, Hebrews eleven six 6, it says, for without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he is a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now off the word diligent, what do you read into that? What does diligent mean to you? I don't believe diligence is just a Sunday morning thing. I believe it's every day. He says to me and you through James in James 4, 8, he said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So let me ask you something. How well are you doing with that? Because God said, I'm putting the ball in your court. If you'll choose to draw near to me through your worship, through your time of prayer, through your time in the word, I'll draw near to you. So we begin to get some things right here from God that God's desire is for us to seek him. To call out from, to never forget it. Now go back into the Old Testament, a little farther back to your left, to 2 Chronicles chapter 26. And if you say, where are the Chronicles? Well, you'd go through the Samuels, the Kings, and then you're going to go into 2 Chronicles chapter 26. I believe this is going to touch your heart here today, okay? I believe God's going to, to move into you. It's, it's going to locate you, okay? I promise you. The Word of God has the ability to locate right where you're at right now. So we begin, 2 Chronicles 26, verse 1. Now all the people took Uzziah, who was 16 years old, and made him king instead of his father, Amaziah. He built a lath, restored it to Judah after the king rested with his father. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king. He reigned 52 years in Jerusalem his mother's name was Jechaliah of Jerusalem. Now it's interesting and clear. Two times it mentions he becomes king at 16. That's a crazy thought at 16. He goes on to say in verse 4, and he did what was right in the sight of the Lord. Now I want to highlight that because when you go through the Samuels, the Kings, and the Chronicles, when it brings up these kings, it'll say one of two things. He did what was right in the sight of the Lord, or he did evil in the sight of the Lord. Every one of them, it's one of those two things. The sad thing about it is the majority of them, it says, and they did evil in the sight of the Lord. But it's interesting, this 16-year-old it said he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. So I go back and I look at some of the history of his father Amaziah. 
This is First Chronicles, Second Chronicles uh, 25. And it said in there, Amaziah did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not with a loyal heart. Not wholeheartedly. And so there was something within his life that if he wouldn't surrender his entire heart, there was some little hang-up in his life that got him in trouble because later on in his life, he turned from serving God. Now, that's something that could happen to every one of us. So when saying that, it's not just how I start, but it's how I finish. So we keep reading here. And what I want to highlight here is the scriptures are going to give me and you incredible keys on how we do things that are right in the sight of the Lord. Verse 5, he sought God. Now, it's interesting. The first thing it says here is he set himself to seek God. That word seek means to frequent or tread a certain place. He sought God. Hebrews eleven six. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Remember the heart of God that was spoken in Jeremiah 29, 13? God is into people that seek him. And he loves when we tread that in a, in a frequent time, day by day by day. So he sought God. And then it goes on to say, in the days of Zechariah. Now this guy named Zechariah became a mentor to this 16-year-old. He became a friend and an influencer. And this guy named Zechariah, he, he's a veteran. He's seasoned in life. In other words, he's full of wisdom. It's very important for us to get around people that are seasoned in life. People that understand the things of God. So this guy named Zechariah, it says, he had an understanding in the visions of God. That word visions in many translations says fear. So when you read about him, he was the teacher of the fear of the Lord. And so what he does with Uzziah, he points him to the things of God. He says, serve God. Stay away from the world. Now let me ask you something. Who do you allow to speak into your life? Do you look to anybody to speak into your life? Do you have anybody that can speak into your life? I believe it's important that every one of us have Zacharias. In other words, let me ask you this question. Who in your life right now can tell you no? Now, if you answer that nobody, you're in trouble. We all should have somebody in our lives that we give the opportunity to speak into our lives. So this guy named Zachariah, he takes this 16-year-old under his wing. And so it ends this, and he says in verse 5, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Now think about this. As long as he sought the Lord, as long as he frequent that place, as long as he was diligent, as long as he reverently obeyed God, God made him prosper. 
Now, if I ask in here, show me a hand, how many of us want to be prosperous in our life? We'd all raise our hands. But I can't bypass what he said as long as he sought the Lord. When we quit seeking the Lord, it's not good. And so it gives me an insight right now that this young king has begun his journey by learning to seek the Lord. He goes on to say, verse 6. Now he went out and he made war against the Philistines. He broke down the wall of Gath, the wall of Jebna, and the wall of Ashdod. And he built cities around Ashdod and among the Philistines. Verse 7. And God helped him. I just want to pause right there. And God helped him. This was a result of a man who saw God. How many in here would, would like for God to help you? And God helped him. Now, if you go back and look in every battle that he was going into against all the ones that it listed, God helped him. I don't know what type of battles you're in, but we're all in battles all the time in our life. Spiritual battles over and over again. God's desire is to help us. God wants to help us. But we got to go back. How did God help him? He chose to seek God. I, I got to continually seek God day by day. So it says here, and God helped him against the Philistines, against the Arabians who lived in Gerbil, and against all the Munanites. Also, the Ammonites brought tribute to Uzziah. Now, it's important you hear that because these guys, the Ammonites, they had been longtime enemies against the Jews. And it's interesting right here, it says here, that they brought tribute to Uzziah. In other words, they honored Uzziah. Listen to this proverb. This is Proverbs 16, 7. It says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. What a promise. Even my enemies are at peace with me. And he goes on to say, his fame, his fame, it spread as far as the entrance of Egypt, for he became exceedingly strong. And, and so when you see his fame there, now think about this right here. God brought his fame. Do you know God's not against you being famous? In Genesis 12, he said this to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I want to bless you. I want to multiply you. And I want to make your name great. Now, there's a nugget in here for every one of us, and this is the nugget. God said, I'll make your name great. He didn't say for you to make your name great. And we got a bunch in our society that like to do that. But when we do it God's way, God's not against your name being made great. God will bless that for his glory because when God makes your name great, everything you tell people is identified identify through Jesus. I'm a man of God because of Jesus. I've been married 42 years because of Jesus. And so everything in my life, it goes back to the identity of Jesus. And so God's not against that. And so we begin to see some things here scripturally. And he says here, he became exceedingly strong. So 
I'm going to paraphrase verse 9 through verse 14. This guy, he had everything. He built towers for wars. He built walls. He had livestock. He had land. He had vineyards. He had a massive army. And you go back and you look. Why did that happen? One, he sought God. Two, he was marvelously helped. So every bit of this was God. It was God's idea on his life. Verse 15, same chapter. And he made devices in Jerusalem invented by skillful men to be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. So his fame spread far and wide. He began to be gazed upon. He began to be talked about. And notice here what it said. And he was marvelously helped. Not a little bit helped. He was marvelously helped. And it shows me God's not against any of this. God, God's still in the business of marvelously helping people. How do I know that? Well, in Hebrews 13, it says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God. So he still wants to marvelously help us. Now watch the end of verse 15. He was marvelously helped till he became strong. Until he became powerful. Now next to that little phrase in my Bible where it says till he became strong, you know what I put? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Not good. There's something within these little words here that give us an uh-oh. And so let me just begin to set the table with what's going on here. It's amazing that what can happen to a human being when I experience fame and I experience success. And it doesn't matter who we are. It's interesting that God's choicest blessings that he gives each one of us can produce what begins to take place here. And me and you aren't exempt. So what begins to happen here? He begins to place his call, his talents, and his ability they became more important than God did. Verse 16. But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. A sudden dive. A wrong turn. And notice the words. When his heart was lifted up, he became proud to his destruction. Proverbs 16, 18 says... Pride goes before destruction. It doesn't matter who we are. And we've highlighted two people already right now. Lucifer and now this guy. And so when you begin to see the pride and the arrogance in his life, it caused this guy to begin to think, I can live and do, do whatever I want. So somewhere on the way, he stopped being coachable. He stopped being teachable. 
He, start, he stopped being correctable. This is crazy dangerous right here. And his fame, his fortune, his success begin to shape him instead of God. Verse 16. For he transgressed against the Lord his God. That word transgressed, it means he trespassed. The word trespass means you go where you're not supposed to go. Now think about, think about these signs that you see on buildings or fences. No trespassing. You know what that says? Don't go where you're not supposed to go. And so when you look at what takes place here, he trespassed against the things of God. Now you can do that. You can go where God tells you not to go, but you might as well understand there's going to be some severe consequences. So he trespassed. It goes on to say, by entering the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. He became filled with himself. And he had this mentality, I'll go wherever I want and I'll do whatever I want. Verse 17, so Azariah the priest went in after him, and with him were 80 priests of the Lord. They were valiant men. They were brave, and they withstood or confronted King Uzziah, and they said to him, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord, but for the priests, the son of Aaron, who are consecrated to burn incense. So you know what's taking place here? The only ones that God set up to burn incense at those were the priests. Uzziah wasn't a priest. Uzziah was a king. So to help us understand this, it's like the Bible is saying, stay in your lane. Stay in your calling. Don't get outside of your lane. Don't get outside of your calling. My life, I'm called as a pastor. I'm not called to be a businessman. It's very dangerous when I get out of my lane. Thank God for, for Zacharias that will speak into our lives. So let me share something with you. This happened 15, 20 years ago. I, I had a friend who was a praise and worship leader of a church in Southern California of 30,000. Because of my friendship with him, I got around his pastor. His pastor was about 70 years old. Just, just a man that oozed with wisdom. I mean, it would just gush out of him. Can, can I give you a little advice right here? When you get around people that are full of wisdom, whether it's biblical wisdom or in your line of profession, and you get around them, the best thing you can do Shut up. They didn't come to hear your wisdom because you don't have any wisdom. We come to hear their wisdom. So I got real quiet and I would just absorb everything he said. And so periodically he would ask me a question. And so I looked at him and his name was Pastor Cobra. And I said, Pastor Cobra, you, you pastor a church of 30,000. I've hardly ever heard of you. I've never read a book of yours. And he turned around and, man, I'm telling you, 
his, his eyes were like lasers, and it kind of felt like it pierced me. And he looked at me and he said, let me speak into your life. He said, I'm a pastor. He said, the only way the sheep smell like the shepherd is for the shepherd to be around the sheep. And he said, let me tell you something real clear today. He said, if you want to pastor, pastor. If you want to travel, travel. Because you can't do both good at the same time. I shrunk. I was like, oh my gosh. This guy in a 30-minute setting, he downloaded so much information on me. And guess what? I wanted to hear it. We run into a problem like Uzziah when we quit wanting to hear, when we quit being teachable, and when we quit being coachable, and we start thinking, I got everything figured out. I don't have everything figured out. So they go in to confront him. And they said, it's not for you, Uzziah. And they said, it's for Aaron, for the priest. So he said, get out of the sanctuary, for you have trespassed. You have no honor for the Lord your God. Now this one priest, Aaron, is speaking this into his life. He's trying to teach him. He's trying to lead him to a place of repentance. Now, pay close attention here to Uzziah's response. Then Uzziah became furious. Now this may locate you. When someone in your life tries to speak, do you become furious? Listen what else the scriptures say about this guy. He became furious and had a censer in his hand to burn incense. And while he was angry with the priests, do you get furious? Do you get angry? See, you got to realize when these priests were doing this into his life, they were trying to lead him to a place to repent. They knew if we don't repent, there's going to be destruction. See, the Word of God will locate us incredibly right here. And so if you notice here, he was furious and he was angry and he said, with the priests. I'm going to give you a little nugget here, and this is a simple nugget. Before you pull the tail of a tiger, you better have plans for his teeth. <laughs> I don't know if you got that or not. You pull the tiger by the tail, you better get ready, because you're fixing to get bit if you don't have plans for it. And that's what's fixing to happen to him. The Lord brought correction through these priests. But watch his response to it. And he was angry with the priests. And leprosy broke out on his forehead before the priests in the house of the Lord. Besides the incense altar. You got a picture of this, okay? They're in the house of the Lord. They're at church on Sunday morning. They're right here at the altar. And all of a sudden, 
They give a rebuke, which is a correction, and he doesn't like to hear it. And because he resists it all, leprosy broke out on his head. Now, in our society, we don't really understand leprosy. But what the leprosy meant right here was there was an inward problem that manifested outwardly. The inward problem is this. He was full of pride. First Peter 5, verse 5. God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. When I wear pride and I wear arrogance, you got to understand that is the cologne and the perfume of the devil. That's why the devil got booted out of heaven is because of pride. So anytime I become pride and arrogant, I have what I call, you are wearing leave me alone cologne. Not good. And so if you study the word of God at all, you'll find out that God does not resist the sinner. God doesn't resist the liar. God doesn't resist the adulterer. God doesn't resist the thief. But God resists the proud. The only time God resists a human being is when they're arrogant. Now don't look at your spouse and say, Ooh, honey, you got something that leave me alone cologne on. It's amazing to me what we can learn from the scripture. Now I want to stop just a second right here. The choicest blessings that God blessed this guy with became his downfall. See, we can never forget God graces with gifts. And God graces us with talents. And God graces us with abilities. But I never can get to the place where I have this thought. Look at me. I'm the man of the hour with all this power. And so leprosy breaks out upon him. Keep reading here. And so they thrust him out of that place. Indeed, he also hurried to get out because the Lord had struck him. This is a result of pride. King Uzziah was a leper until the day of his death. He dwelt in the isolated house because he was a leper, for he was cut off from the house of the Lord. Even when he dies, it says he's a leper. Now, you know what this tells me? He never repented. He never stopped long enough. Let me give you two, two proverbs that I will believe will help you. Proverbs 10, 17 says... The person who keeps instruction is in the way of life, but he who refuses instruction will go astray. Proverbs 12:1 says, "He who hates correction is stupid." Now I didn't say that. That's what the Bible says. And don't look at your spouse and say, "You're stupid." It's interesting, this is what the Bible talks about. So if we went to Luke chapter 12, this would be a statement from the Lord Jesus. And he said, 
Much is given, much is required. So when God gives you much, much is required. Much character and much integrity. Now I gotta do this real quick because they lose me on live stream. And this is a no-no on live stream for me to do this. I'm coming right back. But we go. Every level of success, every ladder you go up, every level, there's a new devil. And so with every level of achievement and with every level of success, there's going to be a new level of the enemy. And one of the greatest enemies that, that tries to come on us is this thing called pride. Woo, I'm special. Well, you're not that special. No, I... So when I read this about him, it said when he died, he was a leper. I don't know about you, but on my tombstone, I don't want to have he was a leper. But the things I do in this life, they mark me. One last scripture, the last book of Isaiah, chapter 66. Isaiah chapter 66. See, when you read this, I, I can't allow pride. I can't allow my call, my talents, my fame and success to be my downfall. And Lord, keep me humble. Keep us humble. Isaiah 66. I'm just going to read verses 1 and 2. And I want to highlight something before we even read it. Two words. The word my and the word me. Verse 1. Thus says the Lord, or this is what the Lord said, heaven is my throne. Whose throne is heaven? It's God's. It's very clear here in the word of God. Heaven is God's throne. He says next, and earth is my footstool. He's very clear right here that earth is his footstool. It's his. Where is the house that you will build me? And where is the place of my rest? For all those things my hand has made and all those things exist. So you know what he's just telling me and you? Everything in heaven and everything on the earth, they're God's. And you may say, well, not my new car. That's my no, it's not yours. You may think it's not yours. He created everything. He created the cattle on a thousand hills. Not only did he create the cattle, he created the hills. And so right here through the Bible, he makes it very clear. It's his. Keep reading. But on this one thing will I look. There's one thing that our Heavenly Father is on a search for. Just one thing. Now, I hope your mind is inquiring of mine because when I said the Lord is on a search for one thing, well, what is that one thing? Pay close attention to what this says here. But this one thing I will look on him who is a poor and a contrite spirit. Better stated, the poor means humble, humble. The contrite spirit means 
a broken spirit, a broken heart before Father God. Now, this is what God's on the lookout for. Let me ask you a question. Is God gazing upon you right now? Am I humble? Am I broken before the Lord? And look what he ends with. And who trembles at my word. The human being that reverently responses, is, is responsive to my word. And he contrasts here a, a humble people who have a profound reverence for God and God's word. See, a humble heart and to be broken before God is like a magnet to God. And so you see a bunch right here in the scriptures today. We're to be grateful for the gifts, the callings, the talents that God's given us. But I never can forget that. And I never can forget my, my successes and my fame is because God marvelously helped us. And I can't ever overlook any of that. And, and so when I begin to look at all this, has your talents and your calling, have they gotten you out of alignment with God where God is no longer the sinner? I like God, but I only like God for what he can do for me. See, God loves every one of us. But I can't put my fame and my talents above him. I, I, I can't quit seeking God. And remember, he's on this quest, he's on this search, and he's looking for a certain type of heart. I did a funeral on Friday. Some funerals are easy and some funerals are really hard. You may ask, what makes one easy? When, they, when, when you know without a shadow of doubt they're on their way to heaven. What makes one hard? It's when you don't know where people spend eternity at. I'm not God. But when I do funerals, everybody wants you to tell them that everybody's going to heaven. Not everybody's going to heaven. Good people don't go to heaven and bad people don't go to heaven. Only people that acknowledge Jesus as Lord of their life go to heaven. And I know people will disagree with me on that. But I choose to believe the Bible. And I hope you choose to believe the Bible. And the Lord Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life, the only way to the Father is through the Son. There is no other name in heaven by which men can be saved but at the name of Jesus. And so my starting point for every one of us in this room is Jesus, Lord of your life. Why, why am I bringing that in right now? Well, we're going to be like Uzziah and there's going to day come and we're going to die. I hope to not disappoint you with that thought. But in Ecclesiastes 3, there's, there's 28 cycles of life. 14 positive, 14 negative. 
And he said, there's a time to be born and a time to die. I'm going to give you a great manifestation of that thought right there. You don't, choo- you don't choose when you're born and you don't get to choose when you die. But both become a reality. Every one of us in here were born that to a mother. Only the things that are natural can reproduce a mother. We're all born of a mother, and there'll be a day where every one of us are going to die. And I want you to get this thought, because he said in Ecclesiastes 3.11, I put eternity in your heart. Just like Uzziah, we're going to face eternity. And the reason I'm gung-ho on this, and I hope you pick up my heart, it bothers me to think people are going to hell. It bothers me. I mean, it bothers me bad. Would you stand up here with me this morning? So with every head bowed right now, just bow your head in reverence to God. know if I said let me give a raise of hand how many in here know you'll spend eternity in heaven there'd be a lot of hands go up not because I'm a good person just because of Jesus he's my identity but if you're here this morning and you don't know you're not positively sure I think so well I don't think those are one of the things you want a chance But if you're here today and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, it's pretty simple. You just get out of your chair or your seat right now and walk on down here. And we're going to applaud you. We're going to celebrate. But we're going to lead you through a, a prayer, a confession of faith today. And if that's you here this morning... Woo, don't, don't, don't leave here without him. Don't leave earth without him. I, I, I welcome you to come down right now. Because God loves you. We love you. I won't beg you to get saved. But I may outlast you. Well, I take it, no, I take it everybody's saved then. Everybody's good with Jesus in their life. Just ask you to bow your head right now. Hold on one second. Thank you for obeying. Come on, come on, come on. Get a little closer here. I can't, I can't see people's faces from here. Just stay right there. Stay right there. Anybody else? God loves you. Well, come on.
There's another one. Now you stay. Come on. Come on. Just, just stay right there. Right there. I'm sorry, I keep saying, come on, and you keep coming on, they keep coming. I have the spirit of confusion. Anybody else? What a die. Come on, come on, if there's anybody else. You see, we're gonna, we're gonna applaud you. This, this is a big day. This, this, this is a kingdom day right here. Anybody else? This is such a big deal to me right now. I, I had a friend that, I don't know if he made it. And that's what bothers me. I don't know that he made it. And I said, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I want to be a witness for you. We had six in the first service, I believe. Got three. We got any more. Some of you are saying, hurry up. My stomach's growling. I'm not going to hurry up, okay? <laughs> Come on, let's, let's raise our hands here to heaven, okay? Lord Jesus said in Ephesians 2, we're saved by grace through faith. So I'm going to ask every one of us to say this prayer with me. You guys down here, say this. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you as a sinner. I'm broken. I need you to fix me. Lord Jesus, you're the only one that can fix me. And I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sin. And save me. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you rose from the grave. And I believe today that my name is now registered in heaven. In Jesus' name. Come on, let's clap. That's a good thing. I, I want to do something else before we go because I believe when we preach the word, according to Mark 16, the Lord likes to confirm his word with signs following. I believe we need to highlight the things of the scripture today. And this is never to beat anybody up. This is to, to say, I'm coming to you today, Lord Jesus. And so are you a seeker of the most high? Do, do you seek him? Do, do you diligently seek him? Are, are you on any type of a quest to say, Lord Jesus, I gotta have you, I gotta have you. And as our team gets ready to sing, I, I'm gonna welcome these, or open these altars up and welcome you, say, man, I'm coming down. I, I, I need a stirring of grace to seek the Lord. And just maybe today, you need a fresh robe of humility to come upon you.
You say, Lord, I, I welcome humility because God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. And just, just maybe today, you may have allowed your calling, your talents, your abilities to sever the relationship where the Lord Jesus is no longer the center of my joy. Man, I welcome you down here today. And you come down here and our prayer team will come down. We're going to pray for you. We're going to pray that God just moves within you. The Holy Spirit moves within you. And so as they sing, I welcome you to come forward. Go ahead, God. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.